chapter three part three book two of confession of a child of the century this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confession of a Child of the Century by Alfred de Musset. Translated by Kendall Warren. Book Two, Part Three. Chapter Three. One evening, as I was walking under a row of linden trees on the outskirts of the village, i saw a young woman come from a house some distance from the road she was dressed simply and veiled so that i could not see her face but her form and her carriage seemed so charming that i followed her with my eyes for some time as she was crossing a field a white goat running at liberty through the grass ran to her side she caressed it softly and looked about as though searching for some favourite herb to feed it i saw near me some wild mulberry i plucked a branch and stepped up to her holding it in my hand the goat watched my approach with apprehension he was afraid to take the branch from my hand his mistress made a sign as though to encourage him but he looked at her with an air of anxiety she then took the branch from my hand and the goat promptly accepted it from hers i bowed and she passed on her way on my return home i asked larive if he knew who lived in the house i described to him it was a small house modest in appearance with a garden he recognized it there were but two people in the house an old woman who was very religious and a young woman whose name was madame pierson it was she i had seen i asked him who she was and if she ever came to see my father he replied that she was a widow that she led a retired life and that she had visited my father but rarely when i had learned all he knew i returned to the lindens and sat down on a bench i do not know what feeling of sadness came over me as i saw the goat approaching me i arose from my seat and for distraction i followed the path i had seen madame pierson take a path that led to the mountains it was nearly eleven in the evening before i thought of returning as i had walked some distance i directed my steps toward a farmhouse intending to ask for some milk and bread drops of rain began to splash at my feet announcing a thunder-shower which i was anxious to escape 
although there was a light in the house and i could hear the sound of feet going and coming through the house no one responded to my knock and i walked around to one of the windows to ascertain if there was any one within i saw a bright fire burning in the lower hall the farmer whom i knew was sitting near his bed i knocked on the window-pane and called to him just then the door opened and i was surprised to see madame pearson who inquired who was there i waited a moment in order to conceal my astonishment i then entered the house and asked permission to remain until the storm should pass i could not imagine what she was doing at such an hour in this deserted spot suddenly i heard a plaintive voice from the bed and turning my head i saw the farmer's wife lying there with the mark of death on her face madame pearson who had followed me sat down before the old man who was bowed down with sorrow she made me a sign to make no noise as the sick woman was sleeping i took a chair and sat in a corner until the storm passed while i sat there i saw her rise from time to time and whisper something to the farmer one of the children whom i took upon my knee said that she came every night since the mother's illness she performed the duties of a sister of charity there was no one else in the country who could do it there was but one physician and he was very inferior that is brigitte la rose said the child do you not know her no i replied in a low voice why do you call her by such a name he replied that he did not know unless it was because she had been rosy and the name had clung to her as madame pearson had laid aside her veil i could see her face when the child left me i raised my head she was standing near the bed holding in her hand a cup which she was offering the sick woman who had awakened she appeared to be pale and thin her hair was ashen blonde her beauty was not of the regular type how shall i express it her large dark eyes were fixed on those of her patient and those eyes that shone with approaching death returned her gaze there was in that simple exchange of kindness and gratitude a beauty that cannot be described the rain was falling in torrents a heavy darkness settled over the lonely mountainside pierced by occasional flashes of lightning the noise of the storm the roaring of the wind 
the wrath of the unchained elements made a deep contrast with the religious calm which prevailed in the little cottage i looked at the wretched bed at the broken windows the puffs of smoke forced from the fire by the tempest i observed the helpless despair of the farmer the superstitious terror of the children the fury of the elements besieging the bed of death and when in the midst of all that i saw that gentle pale-faced woman going and coming bravely meeting the duties of the moment regardless of the tempest and of our presence it seemed to me that there was in that calm performance something more serene than the most cloudless sky and that there was something superhuman about this woman who surrounded by such horrors did not for an instant lose her faith in god what woman is this i wondered whence comes she and how long has she been here a long time since they remember when her cheeks were rosy how is it i have never heard of her she comes to this spot alone and at this hour yes she has traversed these mountains and valleys through storm and fair weather she goes hither and thither bearing life and hope wherever they fail holding in her hand that fragile cup caressing her goat as she passes and this is what has been going on in this valley while i have been dining and gambling she was probably born here and will be buried in a corner of the cemetery by the side of her father thus will that obscure woman die a woman of whom no one speaks and of whom the children say do you not know her i cannot express what i experienced i sat quietly in my corner scarcely breathing and it seemed to me that if i had tried to assist her if i had reached out my hand to spare her a single step i would have been guilty of sacrilege i would have touched sacred vessels the storm lasted two hours when it subsided the sick woman sat up in her bed and said that she felt better that the medicine she had taken had done her good the children ran to the bedside looking up into their mother's face with great eyes that expressed both surprise and joy i am very sure you are well said the husband who had not stirred from his seat for we have had a mass celebrated and it cost us a large sum at that coarse and stupid expression i glanced at madame pierson her swollen eyes her pallor 
her attitude all clearly expressed fatigue and the exhaustion of long vigils ah my poor man said the farmer's wife may god reward you i could hardly contain myself i was so angered by the stupidity of these brutes who were capable of crediting the work of charity to the avarice of a cure i was about to reproach them for their ingratitude and treat them as they deserved when madame pearson took one of the children in her arms and said with a smile you may kiss your mother for she is saved i stopped when i heard these words never was the naive contentment of a happy and benevolent heart painted in such beauty on so sweet a face fatigue and pallor seemed to be gone she became radiant with joy a few minutes later madame pierson told the children to call the farmer's boy to conduct her home i advanced to offer my services i told her that it was useless to awaken the boy as i was going in the same direction and that she would do me an honour by accepting my offer she asked me if i was not octave de t i replied that i was and that she doubtless remembered my father it struck me as strange that she should smile at that question she cheerfully accepted my arm and we set out on our return End of chapter three part three book two recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey